Hi, this guy here. Hope you're well. Uh, hope you're enjoying whatever it is you're doing uh, while you're listening uh, to the podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of the Creative Forces podcast. Um, before I get into who uh, is featured in this episode, just wanted to say um, I need a big favour from you. If you like and enjoy the podcast, please uh, rate the podcast on whatever your podcast provider is, whether it's iTunes or whatever else. If you like it and you, um, I've got a spare few seconds, just give us a, a rating on there. It maybe even a comment. Just let them know that you like the podcast, and it'll really help boost the podcast and its rankings and help other people to find it. Uh, so yeah, any help would be appreciated. Also, if you want to get in touch, I'd love to hear from you. Creativeforcespod at gmail dot com is the email address. Uh, Creativeforcesp at Creativeforcesp is the Twitter um, address. You can also uh, contact us through Facebook. Just search for Creative Forces Podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Any comments? Any suggestions? Give us a shout. Anyway, to this uh, episode, Heather Greenwood is who I speak to in this episode. Now, I sought Heather out a few weeks ago uh, after I saw, like many other people, the Bross documentary um, after the screaming stops over Christmas when it was on shown on the BBC. And it just blew me away, that documentary. It's one of the best things I've seen for years, as many people thought too. It's just an incredible study of two brothers and their relationship and their friendship and their lives, you know, through the incredible sort of roller coaster ride and it's it's just a brilliant piece of work. And so I was delighted when Heather said she would uh, talk to me because Heather is the produ- producer of uh, After the Screaming Stops. She works for the film and TV production company Fullwell 73, the company behind it. Also, she her production credits include the brilliant uh, Netflix documentary about Sunderland Football Club. Sunderland Till I Die, also the Usain Bolt documentary, I Am Bolt, loads of other stuff too. Uh, she's got a fascinating story, Heather, and we talk a lot about the Bross documentary. We also talk about where she grew up and where how she discovered uh, a love of production, theatre production, particularly when she was really young and how she just decided that's what she really wanted to do. Uh, also, some of the uh, we also hear some of the really interesting stories from the early days of her career when she was sleeping on people's floors, as she navigated her way uh, through the media industry. It's a brilliant interview. Hope you enjoy it. Before we get into the interview, though, just have a quick listen to this. This is an urgent appeal from the Disasters Emergency Committee. Cyclone Idai has swept through Mozambique, Malawi and Zimbabwe, leaving behind a trail of destruction, killing hundreds of people and affecting millions. People need help now. To donate online, search DEC or text radio to 7000 to give £5. We have to start, I think, by talking about the Bross documentary, because obviously not just me, many, many people watched it over Christmas, loved it. And I think for me, like what I found about it, I'd be really interested to hear what you think about it as well. But it was the sort of combination of it being so funny, whether intentionally or not, uh, but also the real sort of sympathy and empathy that you feel for the two of them. Um, and obviously the way that, you know, they've been sort of chewed up and spat out by the industry, but also mm-hmm. what's happened to them and their relationship and everything. But So we'll talk about that in a minute. But first of all, I mean, it's, it's been such a huge success, hasn't it? So it what's has. that been like, being on that sort of, oh, getting all that love been, for the, the work <laughs> that you did? It's been really, honestly, it's been really humbling because... 
I woke up on because it went out on the 23rd of December yeah. which you know I'd gone into Christmas thinking oh well you know it's had a, it, did, it did well it got into the London Film Festival which was a real achievement for us um, but it was kind of it hadn't made the splash that I really thought it could do and mm. I was kind of going into Christmas going okay well you know we've still got America we've got the rest of the world hopefully something happened and you know thinking that the BBC thing it's on BBC4 yeah. some people might find it great I had no idea that that might happen. Yeah. Or, we, none of us did. None yeah. of us did. And on the morning of Christmas Eve, I, I was like, my messages, WhatsApp, phone call went crazy on Christmas Eve morning. And I was like, what? what's happened? I thought somebody might have died. What was going yeah. on? It was like, what's... And then it was clearly quite apparent that we were, one of the WhatsApp groups that we had between uh, the other producers, Gina, and the directors, uh, yeah. Suits and JP. And we were like... Al Murray's talking about it. Somebody else started talking, and just the names kept coming in. It wasn't, and then the, it was just one thing after another. It was, it was a crazy few days over Christmas. It yeah. suddenly became everything about Christmas was about Bros. So, yeah. and even now, it's the first thing you can be having a meeting about <laughs> accounting with somebody, and the first thing they want to talk about, they'll pretend they're interested for the first couple of minutes. <laughs> like, Hang on a minute, just just tell us about Ross. Yeah. What, 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 what's well, that's going on why there? I thought we, we had to start by talking about this yeah. today because it's just you have to talk <laughs> about it because talk, yeah. it's it's generated a real buzz, hasn't it? And, it has, you know, justifiably as I say, because it was such a it has an amazing bit of TV or filmmaking, I guess. Thank you. I think it was a real underdog. I think they say, and everyone, yeah. like, you know, people like an underdog. I think we. It's been slowly kind of trickling away underneath some of the projects that we have here that have those kind of big hitting celebrities and these two guys that are unique and lovely yeah. um, and funny, and yeah. really funny. And, and, it, and they really are just naturally like that. You know, yeah. they, they've got, obviously, the film dealt with the issues that they have with each other. Yeah. Um, but it all came from how they were treated, and it's a real shame that their relationship was damaged by that back yeah. back in the eighties. And I think I'm really proud to to have been part of making showing the industry what it was mm. back then, and what they didn't they disregarded what it did to the people that they were making money from, essentially. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, how did it come about then in the first place? Well, actually, it came about. It came to suits actually. One of the directors um, who. We had a relationship with Steve Martin, who's a manager, who was a manager of JLS um, back in the day, and we had a relationship with JLS. Um, and he had started working with the management of Bross, and they were obviously going, we need to document this this comeback. Mm. Um, and they approached us. So at first, I think everyone was a bit like, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, I... I mean, I am of an age, but I wasn't... I'm a little bit younger than the average brosset. I was I was kind of a young kid. And yeah. it. I can remember them and how big they were. Yeah. And I can also remember in the industry how notorious they were. Wrongly so, we find out. But notorious for spending their money. And, yeah. you know, they went bankrupt and all of these... Did they? Don't... You know, actually, they didn't. They just had no money by the time they paid everybody back. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a real... Yeah, what was the sorry? Yeah, I think it's uh, how it came about. How it came about. Yeah. So Steve, yeah, so Steve, Steve brought it to suits, and it was um, then when the partners here, Leo went to meet with the the boys in LA and Vegas, and that was when yeah. when meeting them, it was obvious, you know, we we need to do this. So did you know at that point the kind of stuff it would, you know, that how 
the, the, you know, because obviously what stuck with a lot of people is those bits to camera you when they're talking. You can't deny how charismatic they both yeah. are. You can't. You know, it was obvious that as characters, they're, they're amazing to spend time with. Yeah. So as an audience, you're going to be intrigued to find out what's going on. And, and then the underlying really thing is, is their relationship and, and the heart of what the film could be. Yeah. And what the end point may or may not be, because, it, you know, that, that was a real struggle through rehearsals to get them yeah. to the show. Um, as well, we were observing their struggles. So, and not necessarily, they're, all, they're, they're fantastic musicians. Mm. I, I stand by that. They mm. are fantastic musicians. They are great performers. And um, for them, I don't think, um, maybe maybe they did, but I think they, they I don't think I had a doubt that the show wouldn't go on. It would go on, but whether they would reach the point that they could go on together as a band. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, it was incredibly... Uh, that first night, it was it was under rehearsed, but it was amazing because yeah. you know they're professionals and they did a great show. So were you there at that first show? I, yeah, I was there for both both of the, the O2 shows, right. and um, it was quite interesting when we came we, they came back over to the National Television Awards recently to present an awards at the end, which again yeah. was just amazing that the, how the country has embraced them. Yeah, um, and having done that show at the O2 and we were walking out to the backstage of the same stage <laughs> and we were joking we were singing you know the, the the tune as we were you know the the beginning of the when will I be famous as you're walking up to the <laughs> stage just think yeah it was like how have we gone from that show to this point here yeah and it was a real resolution that the nation that had rejected them yeah. essentially was re-embracing them as as artists. Yeah. There is definitely many opportunities that are going to come their way, um, yeah. whether it be for Luke as an actor, whether it be Matt and his music individually, and for them as Bros. I think their yeah. their the, the redemption that they can have and they can move on with their life and put that really put that to bed and yeah. be happy with each other and enjoy being what they are, which is talented people, yeah. is is great. I think that was one of the things that made it so sort of special was that because I. I'm old enough just about to remember when they were, you know, because I was pretty young as well when they were out, but it, the fact that it's been so long, the gap between them sort of finishing as a band and then the documentary coming mm. out, sort of, they've, because obviously they've done they, stuff, they've they done loads of stuff, but, they, but we, they we haven't really heard. From the UK yeah, they disappeared, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they're incredibly successful, both of them. Mm. You know, Matt has got his residency in, in Vegas mm. and he is doing shows. He's done thousands of shows. I'm yeah. sure there's a statistic, but he's, he's got the key to the city. He, there's a Matt Goss day in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and rightly so. You know, it's brilliant. And then Luke's films are, are brilliant. He has, yeah. hun, you know, he's in the hundreds of films. He's respected by actors in Hollywood. It's, mm. it's for some reason, we turned off, whether that's the press the UK press but I feel like now they they really have gone out of their way to make sure well I mean maybe not all but I'd say 90% of the press have embraced them mm, yeah which is great which is it's probably the flip side of the, yeah. the, what it used to be isn't it yeah exactly but no I think you look back at the days of smash hits and all of those things when people have catapulted into mm. stardom mm. where before Twitter before all of these social yeah. medias where they didn't have an answer they didn't have a voice it was only ever going to be the voice of a of a, a journalist at a paper mm. um and that the industry at that point the way ma way managers managed artists and made money out of artists mm. um it's a yeah it's a very different industry to the point that craig who was part of bros is a very respected music manager yeah um 
he's not in the film and that was a conscious decision i hate to say conscious decision no it wasn't you know but um not because of uh, stevie wonder but because of the director's mate very much decided that it was going to be it's matt and luke's story yeah um and craig's on the dvd extras so you know okay. you, you can go and find out what he's up to but it's it wasn't about Ross, it was about Matt and Luke Goss. Yeah. Is it weird that, I mean, it feels like it's sort of taken on a life of its own now. The, oh, it's, yeah. Is that a weird thing to yeah, see I've when ne- you've been I mean, involved in something? And then yeah, it- in all of my career, it's never been anything like this, I don't think. I think to, to be so close to a subject as well and sort of see, have such faith in what it could be, because they're so entertaining and Matt, mm. Matt's, you know, Mattisms, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> are, are his natural philosophies he's 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 quite a poetic talker so it's it's great yeah yeah amazing (laughs) so what's next for the documentary is it going on to do Uh, yeah we we're we're pushing uh it's got a a u.s release in may right um it won't be theatrical but it will be um available for the u.s on on video on demand and um and i believe physically as well right um so and then australia we're hoping um the uh yeah and territories around the world that hopefully will embrace it and hopefully even if the country doesn't have had a history with bros which is what is so different now with british public have a relationship with them mm. so it's as a film i'm really proud of it as a film in itself the guys did an amazing job and i think hopefully it will have legs outside of people who are conscious of of mm. bros yeah <laughs> yeah i think well i'm sure it will i'm sure you I know it will so. yeah I, I suspect it will get a, a good because so. that's the thing as well they were worldwide weren't they they were they it were. wasn't just restricted to the uk was no it? So, i think it was mainly asia and, and australia yeah. so i know that, that we're getting a lot of australian fans asking when's it coming when's it coming yeah, yeah, I um i don't have any news yet but we are watch this space i suppose yeah. the conversations are happening so we hope to get it as to everybody who wants to see it so yeah good stuff yeah so how did you get involved in the the industry to start with what was your path was Um, it something that you were really interested in at school or how did uh, it start how do i uh yes it was it was an accident really indirectly by my parents moving house so i i moved i was born in lincolnshire in a very small village that you just wouldn't have had any (laughs) access to things what's it called it's called East Keel, East Keel um, okay. which is uh, near Spilsby, right. if you know if you know the area. Um, I was, was that, born, was I that was, the big city then, Spilsby? Spil- Spilsby was town, big right. city was Boston, right. which is where I was born. Um, <laughs> yeah, Boston in Lincolnshire. And my mum and dad uh, moved to Birmingham when I was about 10. What did they do? My dad was in insurance and right. my mum was a secretary and worked at the local printing house. Right. Like, like printed labels and that was a village business in a caravan around the back of my mate's dad's house (laughs) honestly no connection to the industry whatsoever right um we we moved to birmingham and uh to sutton coalfield actually was that for work or was that my dad's work so my dad had had a uh yeah he got a promotion so he he, we up up and went over to to birmingham and um my next door neighbor was a guy called Dick Goddard who was part of a amateur theatre that's based in, in Sutton Coalfields called Highbury Little Theatre. Mm. And it's basically a working theatre for volunteers. So from costume to backstage to performance, directing, front of house, everything. Mm. And my mum and dad thought it'd be a good way to meet people moving into the area. And my mum mm. would volunteer to do the suites in the interval. <laughs> and I would go along as a 10-year-old watching what was going on and saw... 
I think I can remember seeing the stage manager for the first time calling the show backstage who looked like they were in charge. Yeah. You like the look of <laughs> they, that. I like the look of that bossy person in the corner. Um, and the more I got to know the theatre, I became part of the youth theatre there and right. never performed. Never, right. never. I think I was once made to sweep a stage <laughs> as part of uh, a play called, it's, I think it was a Christmas play, uh, You've Got It Wrong Again, Gabriel. Right. Like, really well known. Yeah. And... Uh, and there was a role of the stage manager that I had to go out and sweep the stage. I hated it, so it wasn't for me. Um, but I became obsessed with the workings of putting on a show, and okay. the lighting, the sound, everything. So and you were involved in the sort of production at that the very production early stage? From, yeah. from day dot. Right. From day dot. I wasn't interested in doing red red lorry, yellow lorry, whatever in the corner <laughs> it was. Like. It was I, I'd like to sort everybody out, but put, right. on an, put on a great show. It was all about putting were on a... Were you doing stuff like that already, you know, in other ways, like at school? No, you... God, I was at a girls' grammar school who right. absolutely did not endorse... <laughs> this at all there wasn't, right. I think we might have had a drama group but there certainly wasn't <laughs> any performance it was maths and English and science and right. you know so when I came to uh, decide what I was going to do in sixth form I did one basically <laughs> I'm right. not going to be here and I went to a, a college that did uh, arts and I did theatre studies and media studies there yeah and actually through uh, an amazing tutor there called Guy Williams, he suggested I'd be part of the National Youth Theatre. Right. I didn't even know they did backstage. Right, well, yeah. I didn't even know it existed, to be honest. So I, okay, sure, applied. My, uh, there was a wonderful lady at the theatre called Molly, who's no longer with us, who gave me this reference and everything. And I went and had my interview and went in Birmingham first, mm. then came down to the big, big city in London for my yeah. other interview. Yeah. And I got in. So I did three months at the National Youth Theatre during the summer. So how old were you then? Seventeen. Right. Everyone was very good looking. <laughs> it was um, it was very distracting, but and there were some very talented actors, shall we say? But, yeah. Um, it was another insight into much bigger scale theatre, and they really gave even like down to making like props safe and the health and safety I mean that's the boring side obviously but yeah. the health and safety and the managing of the stage and but that's how, important as well isn't it yeah, all the logistics all the and logistics the, the and legalities managing, managing a budget for the first yeah. time on the props and yeah. just yeah they, they were teaching us the ways of a, of a working professional theatre yeah um, and it was the best summer I'd spent in my life mm. it was you know every day was a sunshine day you know <laughs> in my memory everything was brilliant you know yeah. we'd, we'd stay at the halls in uh, North London in Tufnell Park and walk across to the uh, to the, the kind of headquarters I think they're still there in Holloway Road mm. and, and rehearsals would be there but it was again it was like um, Highbury as a mini had got bigger mm. and everybody was working together to put on amazing shows and we yeah. did um, Othello and Pippin, which is the musical at the Bloomsbury Theatre. Yeah. Um, and there are still guys, I mean, there are guys that were there with me that are have done incredibly well. That, yeah. Which is really strange for me, who who's behind the scenes. It's like, all I can see people doing well, mm. but you can't really go, hi, well done, if, you're, if you've kind of kept in touch, but not kept in touch. Yeah. But it's, a, it's an odd thing when you see actors do well or they become presenters, whatever. Mm. You, you, you kind of it's uh, yeah it's an odd one because you can see it, you can way? see their career happening yeah, I see yeah which which has been really interesting with Bros because yeah. things have come out people have come out of the woodwork 
that I've kind of seen over the years or not or I'm completely not since I was 17 that one right. of the actors has kind of contacted me on Twitter oh, right so how he'd seen that I was involved <laughs> it, it's it's been yeah that that's been lovely to that, that kind of I kind of I know what you've been doing yeah. but, <laughs> so you mean for the people that are in front of the camera yeah it's Everyone more obvious it's more what obvious they're doing, what they've yeah. been doing so it's been quite interesting to have conversations with people who are from drama school and from I'm from National Youth Theatre that I've met up with this year actually, mm. since, since in the last few months since Ross came out I'm like oh my god how are you you know <laughs> so they've got in touch <laughs> they've off got the back in touch of that. Me, yeah. yeah so that's been quite nice yeah um, so yeah National Youth Theatre was pivotal yeah. and I've banged on about it for years since and like my yeah. husband jokes that they're kind of oh what, you're at National Youth Theatre with him are you? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah so I was but <laughs> So that tutor, obviously, yeah, who Guy Williams, spotted that potential in yeah, you. Yeah, I wouldn't have known no. at the time that, and, and indirectly, not, well, directly because I did National Youth Theatre, I then went on to do, I went to drama school. Yeah. So that summer was pivotal for mm. me deciding, absolutely, this is the so world, you just, you just world I want to be in. this was it. Yeah. Yeah. And... What was it, do you think, that that tutor guide spotted in you at that point, that he thought, this is, no you're going to make it? Or you're, no you're, a, oh, you're no, suitable, not make it, but you know, you're oh, suitable no, for National Theatre. I don't know. I think um, I was probably just obsessively passionate about yeah. it at the time. I, I, I loved putting things together and making, making stuff happen. Mm. And... You know, it was just exciting for a 15, 16, 17 year old. It wasn't yeah. maths and English. It was, and I was good at it. I was good at yeah. making stuff happen and bringing people together. Were you not as happy with the academic side of things? Not at all. Not at all. I was happy with it. It yeah. just, mum, I, mean, I drove my mother mad because I'd be going off to the theatre, but and she'd be like, "You need to be revising." Yeah. And I think I was very lucky that I got just what I needed. Yeah. Like to be, you know, to be able to be functioning. Yeah. But if I, she, you know, I think she's right. If I'd applied myself more, yeah. kids, um, if I'd applied myself, I probably <laughs> would have got better grades. But I got, I was a very lucky student that I think I did pay attention in school. Yeah. So therefore, when I turned up to fill in the forms and do the exams, I was all right. And um, you, you were so, you had the goal though. So yeah. in a way, it all fed what into was each more other. important was to be able to go I needed go. to get that to be able to go right. and do what I needed to do yeah. I was I mean they when I, I I went to the Welsh College of Music and Drum which is now the Royal Welsh College okay. which is, will always be Welsh call to me but um, <laughs> the again you go through an interview process and they're looking for backstage people who have mm. aptitude to work backstage and I, I'm sure the academic is important but it's not you don't need a, a pluses because no. you've shown that you've A plused elsewhere yeah. if that makes sense and was it pretty competitive to get on those courses or yeah was, I mean there was yeah. only I mean competitive for National Youth Theatre there was three people they took on that summer right um, and they would have three people from the year before who I think there was about six or seven of us in the stage management department with National mm. Youth Theatre um, and then I took a, a I took a BA course or wanted to do a, a BA course because I wanted to have something to fall back on if it all yeah. went wrong. So it still um, felt like a, a bit of a risk really go trying to pursue this career. Yeah, because there's no guarantees you're gonna get work. Yeah. Um so it was a, a BA in theatre studies but specialising in stage management. Um so I was at a drama school where everyone was doing a BA. Mm. There were masters as well. 
but they were specialising in acting or they were specialising in design. And the stage management course was kind of lighting, sound and stage management that you could then specialise in the further you went into the course. And it was always stage management, always organising people and telling them what to do. Was was TV and film on the radar at this point or was it more theatre? Not at that point. It was very much theatre. So when I joined uh, Welsh College, what's so great about them is their expansive placements so you will do a practical i'm not sure what the course is like now but at the time it Mm. was first term or you would do practical or academic and then Mm. the year would be split in half and then you'd flip i think there was probably only about 20 people in the year right so you were in very small couldn't get away with any of it (laughs) you had you know you could turn up mildly drunk from the night before but (laughs) as long as you turned up and then you would be putting on shows again so it was again the next level of professionalism so by the time you graduate, you, you're ready for the, the professional world. So and was that touring or was it all in the same venue when you were putting would, on the shows? It depends. You would, it, the, And this is how TV happened. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not a big, much to my husband's dismay, I'm not a big fan of opera. Right. Um, and he is. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he was at the Welsh National Opera. He was, right. I, I, at this time, I'll, I'm not going to tell you about the husband's story. That's another one. <laughs> okay. But um, he... Um, yeah, and Blindborn and everything, so he's worked there. But the um, the placements would be relevant to what you're wanting to do. So mm. a list of placements would be put up, or you could find your own. And um, there was opportunities at BBC Wales, essentially, to go and work um, on placements there. Right. So I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. And it was entertainment at the time. Mm. There wasn't much drama coming out of Wales now, which is very different now. There's a, a thriving drama output from, from Wales. Right. Um, I mean, um, Bad Wolf is as a production company set up there, and the Pinewood's got a studio there now. Right. I, and Doctor Who came out of Southern. If I'd have had that yeah. when I was at college, I'd have been all over it yeah. because that would have made me. I kind of. I'd, I'd been doing theatre by then since I was 12 you're right so <laughs> I was kind of like I, well, oh this looks different what's this who's that organising person over there and mm. then was working with the production managers at, at BBC Wales and then I got offered a job at BBC Wales to make extra money while I was at college right so what was, was that job so I was I was working on a BBC Choice magazine show right which was Welsh specific and it was a uh, a different theme every night so right. it would be like music on a Monday the you know literary on a Tuesday sport on Wednesday you know and, we, and they'd have relevant guests and I'd just be a runner basically right, helping yeah, out yeah and um and there was lots of different placements during college I'd still do my theatre placements within the shows within the college because they've got a, a working theatre at the Butte Theatre I think I mean, they've had a massive regeneration since I was there so the, the facilities are fantastic but um they were fantastic then mm. you know and the studio theatre whatever so but the more and more I did the TV side of things um, it became like more of a challenge, so I was just always looking for the next yeah. challenge. And did you see the equivalent person on TV? The the person? Oh, it was the production manager. So yeah. I was looking at the production. You manager. saw them and yeah. you thought, right, that's it again. Yeah. You, got, you knew that, which oh, role. That's, that's the next one I want to do. Yeah. I'd okay. like to be doing that. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then and I was start- there a clear path you could see to get Not to at that? this point? Well, at that point, I'd kind of there there were cameras in the college mm. that nobody was using. So I made a really bad short film while I was at college. Right. Just to kind of, I want, because I wanted to do drama. I, I, I was 
glad that I was getting these entertainment opportunities, which became a bit of a theme in my career. Mm. But I wanted to be doing drama. I wanted to be doing story with actors. Was so like, that from the theatre sort yeah, of background? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. From the theatre, you know, you're working with a with a script and yeah. a story, and you're putting the people in place. And put, but in a different way, you're now throwing cameras in and whatever. So yeah. Um, kindly some of the actors helped me out and did a short film while I was in college on an SVHS camera right which I've still got the tape somewhere I know right. I, I, I fear <coughs> to have a look what so. was the script was it a, oh I wrote it, oh, it did was, you? yeah it was it was about it was it was personal to me at the time but um mm. yeah it was it, I mean Eve Miles is in keeping is it keeping faith that the, right. the Welsh drama played the lead in it which it's just, oh, it, was, it was terrible I, you know nobody's <laughs> ever going to see it um but it was um the first kind of like oh i'm going to do this now yeah and i think you kind of opportunities come your way in work you've got to pay your bills yeah so when i graduated my first job was at bbc wales working in working on comic not comic relief um children in need for, yeah. for bbc wales uh, one of the producers there who I'd been working on the entertainment show gave me that job. And then I was doing some work on the rugby opening and closing. So this is 1999. Mm. So you're still pretty junior? Still, in, still junior. junior. I'm still running. I'm yeah. still just, you know, Learned helping out, researching actually on, which is not the way I wanted to go, but that was mm. the job that, that they offered me and I took it. Yeah. Um, so was that like a freelance job or was it full-time then? Was oh, it a freelance. Right, or, you yeah, know, so. you were here, here, here's four weeks work on... Yeah on children in Short need term contracts, great basically. okay i'll have that money i'll yeah. do that that's another tick to the cv yeah um and then uh in the meantime while i was working on the rugby close friend from my year had got uh some running work in london um and they were looking for some runners at princess productions hmm. so i came down for an interview um got the job as an office runner in london throw literally threw everything into my mate's metro and left the rest of my belongings outside the front of the Cardiff house <laughs> somebody's got some terrible music tapes in the bag somewhere like, were they all like mixtapes or were they uh... I've got terrible taste in music like it, I'm, I, I, no pop music it's, it's it, I'm a product of 1988 you know like right. the first album I bought was Kylie although <laughs> she is amazing um it you know I've I, Stock Aitken and Walkman have a lot to answer for <laughs> But Rick Astley's back, so yeah. it's okay. And so are Ross, so yeah. it's fine. No, I, I had terrible taste. The taste. dream is, is come it's back. It's come back. It's all come know. back. I, I mean, I'm, I'm known as a terrible taste for boy band music. <laughs> but I love it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, there is not. Everyone, you can't all be cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't profess so you, to be. So you left the Rick Astley tapes behind? And the Sean Maguire one, remember that one? It was oh. signed as well. What? I know, he'd been into the rap. Someone um, got lucky that day. <laughs> someone's got lucky with the Sean Maguire, especially he's a movie star now. <laughs> yeah, so somebody's got the Sean Maguire tape out the it's front of Norman Street in Cardiff. Millions. And some cuddly toys as well. But anyway, yeah, so I, I threw it all into my mate Becky's car. So we, what were they, what sort of things were they producing? Princess, did Princess you were, um, and they've only recently stopped being Princess. They, hmm. um, they were at the kind of height of late lunch light lunch where mel okay. and sue um yeah. and they have gone on to do things like rise at breakfast and there's a lot, lot so of like daytime tv entertainment yeah. entertainment yeah. television so i found my first london inn i mean during all this time i was writing letters to 
everybody yeah. at the time that you would not email it was uh, to, I, I found one recently where somebody had responded to me basically leave me alone because right. I, I was harassing people to get work because yeah. I want I want to work for you I want to work in this I want to yeah. do that hello I'm Heather to the, I, I even started putting oh god CV I would send my CV on like paper with daisies on it or right. illuminous green or you know just so it did stood out and stand, stand out in the pile of letters <laughs> Yeah, it probably wasn't the best thing, but you know. Well, you never know. You never you? know. You never I got know. loads of letters back, yeah. you know, and it was some telling them, yeah, like I said, to stop, stop writing the letters to me. But <laughs> and so these were all production companies, but yeah, I, d- I wouldn't know them. I, I mean, I don't know anybody at that time. I knew nobody in the yeah. industry. Yeah. I'm just graduating. How were your sort of contemporaries from drama school doing? Were any of them making? Um, everyone had different. I think there was there was only a few of us, so mm. everyone had quite different aspirations. Like Becky, who got me the interview down at Princess, was wanting to be a floor manager. Right. So she she wanted to be on the set of the shiny floor shows and had gotten in and with the headset on absolutely yeah. and she's cheap she, clipboard it'll come back that'll come back because like she was the floor manager of the ntas right so when i arrived with bros up there she was waiting on the steps wow. and we were like oh my god so it's you like, go. yeah it's the industry is very small yeah. and it's hard to crack especially yeah. if you don't have an in and it still is and i think it's getting better that people are given opportunities now whether they've got experience or not and i think if you've got the drive and the energy to have a go then you should is that a conscious industry thing then do you, th- you think to give more opportunity so. to young people absolutely to and, anyone, and people with back you know who have no background in like yeah. my dad's a producer can i get work yeah. experience it's yeah. like that you know i absolutely had no contacts so i had to make them yeah and um sent hundreds of letters yeah cost me a fortune did you ever think of giving up at, during that time or was no. it no no because <laughs> you knew that's well, no, what you, you can't. To do. You've got to pay bills, and you, you know, like I had a, I had a goal, which yeah. was just I wanted to be doing this for the rest of my days. Well, I hadn't considered that there might be not. No, I might have to work in a shop or do something else. I don't know. I had never considered. To be fair, no, I, I might have liked to have been a vet when I was about twelve. Right. For a minute, <laughs> quite like animals, but that was no. I, it was it was on. Yeah. No, this is what Failure I want to do. Not an option. Well, no, just the industry's so wide, I'll find something that I, see. I can do. Yeah. There'll they be, they will, will have me. There will be something in the industry. <laughs> they will have me. <laughs> yeah. Whether they like it or not. No, they will have me. So you were doing then, how long was that? Was that, a, again, another short-term yeah, contract? Got, or was that just like... No, I'd got a month. Right. So I, I upped and stick to London to my mate's flat in her living room, much to her <laughs> flatmate's dismay. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, for four weeks. And then my contract kept getting extended, so I was there for nearly two months to the point the conversation happened of like... you. you you're gonna have you to find to somewhere to live. <laughs> so I did. I found somewhere to live. But I suppose that was a great conversation to have because that meant you were there yeah, at least to yeah, stay. Yeah, I'm for staying the now. We can take yeah. something. Like, yeah, I was on this. Yeah, poor girl. So oh. did you stay there for a while at Princess in the end? Or? Princess, I was there. Yeah, no, I was there for uh, the first stint. I was there for about a year. Hmm. Um, I became their systems coordinator, which is head runner, basically right. sorting out the runners. Um, worked across lots of different entertainment stuff. Um, and then I left to go and do a drama because at that point I was still, this is not what I want to be doing. This is yeah. great to be on. And then I got, I did uh, a spin off of the bill called Beach is Back. Right, yeah. <laughs> which was, I think it was Don Beach, D.I. Don yeah. Beach, D- gone rogue. D.I. Beach, yeah. D.I. Beach, I, I used went to watch the bill a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and everyone seems to have watched, everyone used to watch yeah. the bill at some point. Didn't yeah, they? oh god, and everyone was in it. <laughs> yeah, Everybody who's been, been an actor it, yeah. has been in the bill. Everyone or in casualty. the entertainment industry has been in the or bill. Casualty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how was that then? That first experience of drama was that um, what you hoped it would different. be? 
yes absolutely what i hoped it would be completely different mm. um it's such a it, it's such a I mean, I'd been mildly looked down on because of my CV. It was early days. Mm. Um, and at the time, we would be in the early noughties that you just didn't cross over from entertainment to film. You didn't right. cross over to drama. But I got I was at a junior point at that point. So Was I, that a real thing then? Or was, that was a real perception? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it still is a little bit. Right. I think the industry's changing because of how companies are outputting stuff and the platforms that opportunities yeah. there are. Yeah. Um, I think... I mean, Full World definitely deal with things differently, um, which is why I'm still here and why, because of my difference of experiences, I can yeah. apply myself. They don't to make diff- that distinction in the same way. No, no. I think they they were given advice early on, and they won't mind me saying this to you. It's like you 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 need to decide what you're going to be. Are mm. you going to be? You've made a documentary feature film are you going to be the documentary feature film people? Mm. And they were kind of like, no, that's not what we want to do, what we want to do, and whatever that may be. Yeah. Maybe it's a business suicide, but <laughs> not. I, yeah. think it's, <laughs> I think it's worked out for them. Yeah, well, well often, you know, breaking the rules or bucking the trend is... Yeah, and it was doing it at the right time. Successful. Doing the right time. Mm. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was quite clear when I joined Full World that this wasn't your normal place, mm. and I'm not probably a normal person. So it was <laughs> it was a, a fit. There was four, five, six of us there at the time. So I joined them in 2012. Mm. To end of 2011, it, it, the first show we did was Gary Barlow's Majesty's Service together, right. and I was at um, Monkey Kingdom. So after the... Yeah. Um, after joining Princess, I basically did that drama, but the work kept coming in for entertainment. Right. And I found myself kind of resided to the fact, I mean, I did the Big Brothers, the Fame Academies, oh, right. worked my way up to production manager within entertainment yeah. and documentary and factual ent, that that was what I'd resided. With my, Princess, that was. With pr- freelance. So freelance, Princess, okay. RDF, Endemol, the BBC, right. across all the production companies over a 10-year period. So you were period. kind of a gun for hire yeah, yeah, like any production production person is, you, you take you take your contract for the job. Yeah. So I would do a show and then I'd move on to another show. It might well be at the same company. Yeah. Or it might be back at the BBC or then you go back over to Endemol and then you go to RDF and then you go back to Hattrick. And then you <laughs> So that happened from training up from I knew I wanted to be a production manager. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. So I was kind of going the secretary, production coordinator, junior PM, production manager, route. Were you still thinking about theatre at this point? All the time. We, yeah, yeah. God. We, okay. Yeah, it's just that you have to pay your bills. I've yeah. not, you know, I don't have, I wasn't from London. No. I needed, I didn't have the money to kind of be going, I'm just going to go and do this and it's going to yeah. be fine. And I'll <laughs> wait for the next job. Yeah. I need to pay my bills. Yeah. And that's the work I was getting. Yeah, sure. And then it became, actually, do you know what? I enjoy this. It's fine. And I'll, I'll push my way through it. And that's, no, and, and I love it. Mm. I love working on a shiny floor show. I love working in entertainment and, there's a bit of everything with any job it brings its own challenges yeah. so yeah. um yeah so i came back so i kind of joined full well at the end of tw- end of 2011 and there was i think six of us there uh ben and gabe turner brothers their cousin leo mm. and their friend ben winston so the four partners and carly who was head branded at the time um she and tris an editor and then there was a few production staff coming and going. Yeah. But that was the core team at the start. And 
they'd been going, I think, since 2007 mm. when they did uh, In the Hands of Gods as a, as a documentary film. And I came in to do... I had a call from Ben Winston, uh, recommended by Mark Jones. I was mm. I was at um, Monkey Kingdom at the time doing Made in Chelsea. Right. Uh, and he said, do you want to come and work with Gary Barlow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I said, boy band tick, yeah. done. Yes, I'll, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> we'll take that one. We'll of take your, that one. I'll be with you in we'll a minute. We'll take that one of your and, uh, um, big... Were they one of the big boy bands that you liked? They're of my era, shall yeah. we say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're so of that my was era. an exciting prospect. Yeah, of course. Docu- and it was for the Queen, of course. Right. Yeah. So we did um, Gary Barlow's uh, "On Her Majesty's Service," which we did. Uh, not only took him around the world, meeting people from the Commonwealth, um, but also writing a song as he went, and that became "Sing," which was released for the Jubilee. Yeah. Um, and we made the documentary following that, which was an amazing experience. Uh, and then I went home at the end of that contract because nobody had had the conversation whether this was whether I had another job or not. Yeah. The boys were fantastically unorganised, but <laughs> amazingly talented at the time, and, and right. I don't think they'll mind me saying that either. <laughs> but um, so much talent between them, and I got a phone. I can't remember. I could be Leah or Ben. The round we go. Where are you? Hmm. Um, I was like, I've, I've finished. The contract's over. Oh no 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 no! Come back. We've got this. Right. And then I've not been out of the building since, and that right. was eight years ago. Hmm. Um, to see what's happened to this company is amazing and they're such yeah. a great bunch great bunch to work with so how many people is it now? <laughs> uh, any one time like employees we're about 45 full time staff yeah. I think we might be 40 um, and then and growing weekly at the moment right. because we're taking people on all the time and hundreds across yeah. uh, three offices so we've got London uh, and I say three offices globally. We've got three offices on this street alone because <laughs> we're trying to fill ourselves, you know, trying to move up and yeah. trying to find somewhere to be all together. But we're, um, and then an, another office in LA and uh, we've got the Sunderland offices as well, which have been doing Sunderland until I die. Yeah, sure. I haven't um, seen that yet, but I've, I need, it's on my list. You should. I know. You should I'm watch a, this. I'm a, a lover of football and um, I've heard it's amazing. So I, I would do need to watch that. You should. You should watch it. It's, um, it's not great for the partners though because, uh, I think three out the f- well three out the five now because obviously James joined us a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. uh, our Sunderland fans right. and it's the reason why <laughs> we did this. And let's just say it wasn't the greatest season for them personally, no. but for the documentary, it was amazing. Yeah, but you did the did you do the class of ninety two one yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah was, so I mean that, I've, I saw that. That was so a, after, after we from did Manchester the, as a United fan. I did enjoy that one a lot. Thank you. How was that experience working on? Oh, that, that was amazing. And again, it was when we were quite we were a small small team that. Uh, everybody, everybody got involved, and it was great. We we had a great opportunity. I can remember running around Old Trafford trying to hide Beckham as we're doing uh, interviews around a tour that's going around, so they don't know that he's there. And right. Yeah, sort of in the dressing room, in this room, whatever. And then the, the match that day when we brought all of the old uh, academy players back to play a kickabout. Yeah. Um, one of the players. Uh, pulled his Achilles within about 20 minutes which is I won't mention but it's um <laughs> it was a one of the it was just a great day I mean it, Leo and James came up to watch that match yeah. um while Beckham's in the corner trying to get that ball through that tyre for 40 minutes you know and we're like we do need to move on <laughs> we do need to he's like no gonna get it in and he did he did um but yeah it was a great experience I know there was such great bunch of players to to spend time with and it's a long-standing relationship with Beckham I think you know the the guys are good mates and 
we keep working with them when we can and when it's you know when it's appropriate but yeah um yeah it's, it's it was a great that was a good one so that's been a real you know joining uh, fullwell has been a that was life-changing yeah. for me this i found home basically right. um more because leo gave me the opportunity to do drama right. as well as be able to continue to do what i do yeah so we they were just finishing off piggy when i was doing um the the barlow dock we and then we had a great year on on the documentary feature side of things so we did class 92 and we did uh we did the jls christmas show that that later that year as well and robbie right. probably at the palladium maybe but there was a, there was a lot of continual relationships with the entertainment stuff but i was like i can't not say this is what i want yeah um yeah. so i had a conversation with leo who we were in gabe was writing the governors at the time and uh, he was like yeah do you want to line produce it and i'm like i've oh, not done that before but sure okay <laughs> and he trusted but i think the the product the training over the, all those years mm. it's applicable to whatever show you're putting on whether it be a theater yeah. show whether it be an event whether it be a feature film it's just yeah. the structure's different and you just you so that, that was a feature film yeah, right? yeah. So, so, so how was that working the on the first feature film oh learning curve yeah. um but yeah just really i mean I, we were on thamesmead estate for four weeks filming in a lot of bad weather and um the one of the other producers working on it um i ended up saying his house because it was because i lived in west london and it was out down down the southeast london area so <laughs> it, I, I fully embraced that for the weeks that it was and you live and breathe it and i think anybody who works in the film industry especially that low budget mm. you're you're making exceptions to to get it all on screen rather than people behind the camera yeah it was um it was a real uh labor of love should mm. we say but the results were great and for for a you know gangster east london movie i, yeah. I think we're all really proud of that one and how it did was do that quite well. you know to that did that feel like a real achievement then yeah to, oh to God, which, that, was that was what you were aiming for each, all these, each mo- i keep having moments before where i go oh, i can retire now that's it <laughs> you know that's it that's what i wanted to do but yeah. they, they keep throwing stuff at us that's oh god you know that's a new challenge yeah so yeah and we're now so when the next film happened leo was expecting um and couldn't full-time produce so asked me to produce level up and i did real small little film Mm. but i'm really proud of it i think it's visually fantastic with a guy a director called adam randall went to do iBoy for netflix i don't know if you've seen that but he he's a great visual director mm. and the DOP on that Eben Bolters are really talented and it was a really beautiful film and I'm really proud of it nobody's Which, seen what it films that? level up level up so right, nobody's yeah. seen it but I'm really proud of it and again it, it hones your skills yeah as a producer so I'm like oh now I can I get and be a producer now this is yeah. this is good this is um just always pushing my I think the moment you think you've done everything, God, that is retiring, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think you're ever, you're ever going to think you've done everything. Do you still feel that you're learning every time you do a project? Every day. It's never the same. Yeah. It's never the same. You can apply what you learned from the last one and it'll bring a whole another challenge to you because it's different people. It's a different yeah. setup. It's, it's, you think this will work. It worked last time and oh, maybe not this time. Maybe we'll do it. it it's always, always a challenge. And I guess the, with all these projects, you know, you think about Bross and the class of 92, you know, both documentaries, but very different people. Very different. Very different and, di- and di- different directors, different, yeah. you know, different people you're working with as a team, different content, different, you know, 
and it's like the difference between i still think a documentary is also you approach it as a story it's not it, it isn't it isn't just about watching someone do something yeah. there is a story to be told there is a character to to have a, an arc of where they're going and yeah. you know and and moments of joy moments of fear you, you, you approach it in the same way anybody would writing a story yeah and that's how you know that's not my skill set but the where the where the directors are sat in an edit and they're scripting their documentary yeah absolutely these are points of story that you're you're t- you, what story you're trying to tell you could tell a million stories from the rushes that you got yeah we could have told a very different story with bros well, if, I was gonna if, say, if we so were a 1980s journalist do you yeah. know what i mean it but it's the these are real people so mm. it, you you're you're definitely dealing with their story and yeah. how you want to tell that story and how they want to tell that story. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a million different ways you could have told that story, isn't there? With yeah. the, you yeah. know, the, you know, I think you approached it in a very sympathetic way. They but did. You, you, you wasn't mi- just, you know, you it's a t- it's the team. It, and I think this is very definitely for. Yes, there's always a director's vision, but every that the director works with everybody, mm. and I think um, it is always the director's vision, and you work with them. Um, whether they listen to you is another thing, <laughs> but you put your you put your ideas up, and it could infl- it could be a, a moment, you know, a film changing mm. moment that they decide to do. Yeah, that you, you will always know that oh, that was. I get a little bit of sacrifice. That, that was me. I said that. Yeah, because I'm not just uh, I'm not just somebody who pushes spreadsheets and yeah. puts out call sheets and. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there, there is a creative head as well that I. I enjoy the process especially with the scripted is the casting process and putting your that first moment when you read a script first thing i'll do is is figure out is it going to be too expensive to mm-hmm. make is it in our bracket is it you know are we yeah. going to be able to make this practically yeah i guess that's the first consideration can Second, it be done because the first consideration is it any good right, yeah, have okay. i enjoyed reading it second okay. consideration is are we, are we going to be able to make it yeah is this right for us now could it be that it's hopefully in the future mm. you know we we have have a a bigger budget to spend that you, you yeah. save that one for another time but it's it's a process from it's a creative process even though people might you're not the known as the creative if yeah. that makes sense yeah so you're, you're kind of thinking when, when you're going through the casting process when people are coming in you'll have always had that person in your head but it might be the different person to the director yeah so mm-hmm. but you you work very closely with with the directors to to practically practically put their vision into into realization whether it be a documentary or a or a scripted project and can it get to the stage with some directors where they you know do some directors take much more input than others from you know the sort of production side of things in terms of the casting um, or i know the director will absolutely be involved in the casting but the the practical side they, they, there's always a two-way conversation because yeah. it has to be from a budgetary point of view yeah you know the certainly on the stuff that we do together i work closely with the partners and with both Ben Winston, Ben Turner, and, and Gabe, who, who direct, they yeah. they 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 have to be talking about what their vision is to be able to be able to initially budget number one, and then actually practically make that budget happen. So mm. you said you were going to do this. <laughs> you can still do that. That's fine. But if you're wanting to do something else over here, that's going to be that you yeah. didn't tell me about, then we need to have a conversation. You know, yeah. it's, but it's a constant uh, dialogue. You need to have a community it's about communication it's about being able to i'm not the last thing i want to be is a no person yeah and i think there's a danger sometimes that you do become that but it's the constraints of what money you have you do or don't have so yeah, yeah sure. from a 
producing point of view and a production managing point of view you've got to constantly be talking so what's next what what's ah. the i mean what can, if, if the stuff that you can talk about what well, what's coming i mean down we've, the pipeline? we've just finished um motown oh, so yeah. Yeah, um this year is the uh the 60th anniversary of of the formation of motown and we've been working with uh, mr gordy barry gordy um on how's that on that story it's been great it's been a it's been a i mean it's it's legendary isn't it you know you're kind of we waited for stevie wonder you know we would we were at you know we were due to finish and we've waited for stevie we got the jacksons it was you know this mind-blowing to be sat in a room (laughs) and yeah to be that was amazing the boys couldn't make um so ben and and Gabe are directing who directed class 92 um and Iron Bolt and uh yeah. they uh what an amazing opportunity to do mm. the Motown film with Mr Motown you know and working with Barry it's been great I think the we're, we're, we're due to be out on Showtime in the US right um which is the the first transmission I'm sure it'll be global after that but um so does I mean, the documentary sort of retrace the history of it's motown actually it's looking at the the kind of hits it's called hitsville yeah. the making of motown and it's the hitsville period so before they went to la so that right. formation because that's basically that house isn't it in, yeah it's a detroit. house in the street in detroit yeah. where Smokey and and barry they were in the cellar weren't the basement yeah, weren't yeah. and then they slowly took over the street a bit like full world actually yeah. <laughs> we've ended up taking over the street but um yeah, it's been a fascinating, you know, the, actually there's a co-producer on that pip who has been working with the boys closely. My Again, my, my job now is I'm less and less on one project at the same time right. and I'm over multiple projects as like kind of overseeing a lot. So yeah. um, we've got other things in development. I'm going out to the States next week for a shoot. So hopefully nice. that will go further. Um, lots of scripted in development. We've had, a, you know, we had an investment earlier last year and that has enabled us to grow mm. so I, I think i keep everyone wonders was it the right decision I, I to go full-time with these these guys absolutely i'm constantly challenged and is that sort of a bigger partner it's, or it's, i don't think i'd ever want to be the owner of the company mm. as in i don't want to own a company yeah i don't i like to work with people and i also like someone to go do you think that's the right thing to do <laughs> you know because i you know it's all about collaboration isn't it and yeah. and i like making stuff yeah so from a business side of things i think it's more i enjoy making good stuff and they make good stuff <laughs> there's some incredibly talented people so if, but yeah. that investment that is from a sort of bigger player yeah. in the industry yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah okay and that's freed you up to or giving you it's given the company to license to grow yeah. essentially so we'd gone as far as we could yeah and um the investment has enabled for well to be able to be uh i think leo puts it as a, a slightly bigger you know we're a small fish in a big pond and i think mm. that's you know being a bit slightly bigger fish yeah I mean, do you, how big do, do they, how big a fish do they want to be i've no idea <laughs> i've no idea um i, I yeah i i I'm on, I'm on for the ride whatever yeah, it is yeah, so okay. that's 
Yeah, and I think the success of Late Late Show with James over there has has been amazing to open us up to the American yeah. market. I mean, and that's been a huge success, hasn't it? Massive, massive. I can't profess to be anything to do with that at all. Um, no. But I guess it, for the company, it's like for that to be part of the portfolio a is a massive as a platform boost absolutely in conversations and meetings oh my gosh yeah I mean Ben Winston and James who have been friends for years they met um on the set of Teachers. Oh, yeah. So Ben was, um, was great. I think Ben was a runner. I'm, I'm, right. I'm sure he'd correct me if I'm wrong. But um, And James was one of the extras. Right. And that relationship goes back such a long way that they've been friends over the years. And the same with the rest of the partners. They've all been friends with James for years. And yeah. hence the uh, work we do with Comic Relief with him, with the Smithy sketches. Yeah. Um, and he, I think James had the opportunity to go, insisted that Ben go, whatever arrangements were done off they went for six months i think they rented before they <laughs> they they've uh they yeah and and six months has turned into i think we're enough coming into our fourth year yeah so it's kind of gone okay yeah um carpool has gone well i was just about off. to say that's um, been a massive phenomenon really, uh, isn't it the yeah. carpool karaoke yeah it's been crazy it's been and what it's done for Fullwell has been a has opened up the american market for yeah. for these guys and it's yeah, it's been amazing to be part of that journey. Could you see yourself over there at any point, or are you you rooted here? I'm rooted here. I think. I think I've I've got a real passion for British film and mm. the industry here, and I think there's a really there's, it's exciting time to be part of this industry. And I think there's you know where best the best films are being made in the UK. Mm. I mean, you look at you know even the best american films are being made in the uk you know star wars is here yeah. love star wars um yeah star wars is here that you know it's you look at the favorite that yeah. is doing fantastically yeah. the, it, great filmmaking is coming out of the uk so again the pond is much uh much i, I just prefer british output to yeah. be honest <laughs> fair enough and do you think are you sort of carving a niche in documentary do you think or are you still pulled towards sort of I, I mean I clearly the documentary making and the documentary features is my kind of thing yeah I mean I I, I know how to yeah um, and I still find drama a challenge because obviously it's a much bigger thing to put together um, but I'm very much hoping that there'll be a lot more scripted come come my way yeah that's the that's the dream and is it a case then that how many sort of projects do you get across your desk? I mean, that, that, I'm always fascinated by that. In what respect? As like, in what, so what, food development? Yeah, so how many potential projects sort of come your way? And then, a you know, day you that, that first, or a week? <laughs> well, let's, let's go for a day. You know, and then you go through that first process of reading that script, did I enjoy it or not? How many of those sort of potential I things mean, come to you? I mean, ideas-wise, at least three or four a day. Right. At the moment, to be honest, are yeah. coming in that you're... I mean, company-wide... Gosh, who knows? And has that has that rocketed in the last few months since you know the success? I, of No, Brussels? I would say since the success of the Late Late Show, right? Th- okay. It's gone up, um, but now it's kind of script-wise, we were actively seeking scripts, yeah, and we've stopped that now because right. uh, we we were just getting too many to get through, and yeah. it was disrespectful to people put putting them in. Sure. So we're being a bit more measured about exactly what we're looking for. Um. And I hope that, you know, we'll be able to... It's like buses, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we did, like, when we did White Island and Level Up, it happened in one year. So mm. White Island was out in Ibiza, and it was uh, based on a book by Colin Butts, who sadly passed away recently, um, called A Bus Could Run You Over, and Ben Turner directed. And it was another scripted project of a challenge that took us overseas. But the 
it's what like because we've had so much in development for so long i've got a feeling that it might end up being like three or four things happen at the same time mm. which is fantastic but uh, a logistical, <laughs> a logistical uh, challenge yeah we'll figure it out yeah. we must do <laughs> figure it out and i guess that's what it comes down to is it that's is that the the creativity as in, in many ways of what you do is the figuring it out the how yeah. how are we actually going to make yeah. this happen but with the team around you yeah you know you 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 it used to be a small team figuring out one one at a time. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge now is like with all of these projects happening is making sure you've got a team who are able to figure it out. But, I, you know, I'll always turn to Leo and go, are you this? Are you sure? Are you right? Are you okay? I'll, I'll turn to Ben and be like, yeah, is this something you're interested in? Is it, mm. it's, not a, it's about a two-way conversation between everybody. From, In fact, Gabe's always said something really interesting. He's like, like it doesn't matter whether your idea comes from the runner or the accountant or mm. the producer. If it's a good idea, it's a good idea. Right. And we don't, and it goes back to what they said about we don't just want to be documentary makers. If it's a good idea and someone's mm. passionate about it and they can see commercial value in it as well, obviously, sure. it, it's something that we'll pursue. Or it's going to be a relationship that may see commercial value in the future. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it isn't necessarily, we still do our charity work as well. So that everything, we, we've always. What's the charity work? We do like short films for for charities and for conferencing for those charities. So right. um, that's always been part of the business and won't ever stop. Is so. that for a sort of reduced rate or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 It'll be done for for the charity. You know, sure. you're not. You'll make sure that they're. You know, they. Yeah. I'd like to just finish by asking you three questions oh, that I ask everybody. Okay. They're not scary. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is: Do you have like a, a routine? like a daily routine <laughs> that, that gets you in the, read in the right frame of mind let's say for getting into work or you know I drive to, in in the morning yeah I'm just getting used to Zoe Ball I was so oh, used yeah. to Chris Evans was that a big wrench for you the change from yeah, Chris like Evans it. to I don't Zoe? like change um, no, <laughs> is she winning you um, she is she's fabulous um, I, I, I'll listen to the radio but I'll be on phone calls from the moment I get in the car really go, yeah on so, speakerphone on speakerphone in the car either with colleagues all my mates or clients that's the that's my time that i get to catch up on on phone calls and then i get into the office and we see what happens <laughs> <laughs> and it is is every day different in yeah. your job yeah it yeah. is i think you know we've had a, a couple of years of, of not so much me being on production mm. i'm like you know there's a few bits going on this year that i'm going to be the day slightly changes and especially with going over to america with bits with, with that side of things it's mm. it's a challenge to get life work balance right um, but I love my job just as much as I love my husband and it's just it's getting getting it all balanced right I think there is no day that is the same especially in production because you're it could be writing a budget one minute to mm. going down to set the next yeah it's I mean I'm, Carly, Carly very much looks after the kind of music side of the business and the, the short for, well, advertising and music videos and that kind of thing and for me, the, it's quite a long process making a documentary, and I could be doing three or four at the same time. Um, yet when a scripted comes along, your four-week, six-week shoot is solid. It's not six days, it's seven-day weeks, and mm. it's from five o'clock in the morning to midnight. <laughs> right. Let's be honest. If you're not into it, then don't get into it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it can be, it's a pretty brutal industry brutal. from that point it's of view. Br- it? the, the film side of things is... is uh, and it's not that it's how it's like you, you do do your hours but at mm. the same time if you I, i'm i want to make sure everything's okay yeah. so i'm is that making me a workaholic maybe <laughs> but i also want to make sure when i turn up the next morning i've thought of everything yeah yeah but it's about managing that day so 
I'll go home, I'll have an hour or two with my husband and then I'll go back on my emails just mm-hmm. to check what's going on with America. And if you've got a project that's happening in America, it's about using the time within your day. Yeah. Yeah. And now we've just thrown in Australia. So um, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's a project that we're doing uh, with someone uh, in Australia. So yeah, it's that's early morning calls. So yeah. that's now getting into my drive on the way in. Right. And then I'm my mum and dad on the way home. So. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be quite hard to juggle that at times. Yeah, it is. But you keep going. Yeah, and I guess it goes with the territory if you yeah. want to do that yeah. this work like, yeah. is that, that that's the kind of I mean there, there, there are the you know there are, there are obviously reg- regulations that you you know but it, it, the working hours are generally 10 till 6 mm. in this industry and you go home at 6 or to the pub or whatever <laughs> um, but in this day and age when your emails are in your hand yes you can deal with something if you need to yeah God, I can remember when I was at National Youth Theatre, you would pick up the phone using the yellow pages <laughs> to try and get a prop. Yeah. You know, now you have a search on the internet and you send them an email. It, yeah. And that can happen at any time. Yeah. Whereas if they're not at the end of the phone, they're not at the end of the phone. Yeah. Good, bad, who knows? That's that's a bigger... That is that's a a, there's a documentary <laughs> in that. <laughs> what has happened to us? I think you're right. The second question then is, when you look back over everything that you've done, what is the thing that you feel sort of most proud of? you know the the single if there is a way if there is one thing that you feel like you know that was a real big achievement really proud of it do you know what it's less about one in one particular thing i think i'm really proud of what full well's done yeah i think also the people we've got in the company that are coming through who have learned from the partners business directing you know the the some of the guys that have come in and work experience are now full-time employees in our team and that's important to me is that because i came from a little village in lincolnshire yeah and didn't have those connections that we are still giving people opportunities that are coming in and it's not an exclusive industry and do you know if you're talented and you want to do it you should yeah and that's the one thing it's not about everything's fun everything's great i'm really proud of the body of work yeah. some of it lots of proud of but pleased i did it <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? but yeah. from yeah it's about making sure everybody else somebody else gets to enjoy it just as much as i have yeah giving those opportunities yeah. to giving back yeah hmm. god that sounds so worthy <laughs> shut up yeah. um you know what i mean yeah. just, I, I, i'm so proud of what the guys have done from joining them and what they've they've achieved hmm. finally then and this could be music or a film that you've watched recently or a TV series that you're watching, what are you enjoying or excited about? I can about find out my dirty little right secrets. Now. What am I watching right now? Yeah. Um, I've really enjoyed You. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was like, uh, it's a Netflix series. Yeah. Um, is that the one where it's like a stalker type thing? Correct. I've yeah. not watched it, but I've read yeah. about it. Um, yeah. I mean, it is soap opera, but right. addictive. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I think, um, I mean, the Fire Festival doc's amazing. I've watched you know, that. But that I is think let's you know, but obviously the yeah, boss is better. Um no, <laughs> I'm joking. Um I think you know, it's, there's a lot of really good docs out there and I think there's there's stories to tell with everybody. Um yeah. I think that's one of the amazing things about like Netflix and Amazon that there's the amount of documentaries oh, that are now brilliant. available, which I I love watching documentaries. Yeah, it's when brilliant. they're when they're well told, if you like, you know, there's there's documentaries and there's documentaries, yeah. isn't there? But there seems there's such a lot of seems to me there's such a lot of investment going into that space yeah, it's, it's really it's a great time for doc making and mm. i think um but also really good docs out there you know making murders fantastic i think mm. you just 
it's a really good time to be part of, and documentary features as well yeah. it's just some really good opportunities and stories that are coming out now that historical sports historical music you know yeah. it's great yeah and music are you still listening to the uh, the boy bands or is it um <laughs> I, it always depends what i'm working on so um uh yeah it, i can't i can't deny it it still happens um but yeah and me, i'm having a musical theater phase again oh yeah <laughs> i went to see my friend in low miz again re- recently um right. uh who yeah it was great and i'm just going for another kind of oh remember how how co- theater's coming back around again there you go yeah um but no i i i, I can't profess to be cool um <laughs> i'm list- i'm still listening to robbie williams and uh yeah feel is a great song <laughs> it is <laughs> You'll stand by that. I'll stand by it. Absolutely. <laughs> Nebworth was the best concert I was ever at. When was that? Which was that ninety five or something? Peak of his fame. Yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. Was that ninety five around then? Yeah, I'm yeah. not cool. Don't try and make me say Wasn't things. Wasn't that like two hundred thousand people? Shall or I something? say? Shall I say Oasis or something? No, then no, me, no. You know, tell me. So was that? I so love you Kylie to, and I love my country music. You so went to Nebworth to see. I did Robbie. see Robbie. How was that? That was final brilliant. question. Chris Yap, I, wait, I met him on the outside, his old, old college friend, and we wait because my mates were late because it was a nightmare for people to get in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I missed, looking back, it's no bad thing, I missed the darkness, Kelly Osbourne, <laughs> um, but got in just in time for Moby. Right. And then, uh, yeah, we were, it was brilliant. He was, he was great. Amazing. He is great. He is great. But, still, um, yeah. but feel at Nebworth, <laughs> highlight. There's a highlight. The ultimate. Such a loser. God. <laughs> Heather, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That was Heather Greenwood, um, producer of the Bross documentary, After the Screaming Stops, the brilliant Bross documentary, which uh, if you've seen it, I'm sure you enjoyed hearing what Heather had to say. If you haven't seen it, watch it as soon as you can. It's a brilliant piece of work. Thanks for listening as always. Also, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, um, get in touch if you've got anything you want to tell us tell me creativeforcespod at gmail.com also at creativeforcesp on twitter facebook we're also on there and um give us a rating on your podcast app be really appreciated and if you're feeling really generous go onto the patreon page patreon.com forward slash creativeforcespod no pressure any donations or support would be gratefully received but hopefully if you're enjoying the podcast that's the main thing thanks for listening as always see you soon